This is Saturday Morning Mysteries. And we're your hosts, Alexis and Grace. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Saturday Morning Mysteries, where we're your hosts. I'm Grace. And I'm Alexis. And uh, apologies if there's some slight delays in this episode. We don't know how technology yes. works sometimes. <laughs> and, you know, that is what it is. Uh, it would be a Christmas miracle. Life. Yeah. Exactly. If we figured it out and we won't. Uh, but speaking of Christmas, we Christmas miracles, uh, it is almost and Christmas. Christmas miracles specifically. Oh, okay. Well, with that, I'm just going to pass it immediately off to Alexis who will be telling us about a Christmas miracle question yeah. mark or just Christmas. Mm-hmm. Or the two. I will. Okay. Great. I will also be telling you about that. <laughs> okay. No, perfect. Take it episode, away. And today's episode is chock full of Christmas miracles okay. and uh, get your tissues out ladies and Are we doing the hair are listening and grace. We're doing it today. We're covering okay. the best episode of Hey Arnold ever, the best Christmas special ever aired on Nickelodeon, probably yeah. one of the best animated Christmas specials ever, quite frankly, but also happens to be the saddest of all of the above, the saddest Hey Arnold episode, the saddest thing to ever <laughs> be on Nickelodeon, the saddest Christmas episode of anything Great. ever. Yes, I've been hyping it up for a long time now. Arnold's yeah. Christmas is what we're talking okay. about today. So, yeah, I've spoken a lot about this episode in the past, pretty much like any time I've ever covered Hey Arnold. <laughs> yes. And quite frankly, like yeah, if you track it, like all of the Hey Arnold episodes I've done, it comes up because it's that great of an episode. And I gotta say, I love it as much today, the episode, as I did when I first watched it 20-something years ago. And I can also say with confidence, without even asking them, that this episode had a huge impact on me and on both of my brothers when we were growing up. So I mentioned it in the past, but every year we would like bootleg record this episode (laughs) on a VHS, you know, like pop the VHS into the machine Uh and then like record it as as playing on TV. Like a home video. Yes, literally. (laughs) Record it with our camcorder. All right, zoom in. (laughs) But yeah, so we we would always record this episode and like a few of our other favorite like Christmas specials Mm. of shows. And then the three of us would just stay up all night on Christmas Eve and even like a couple of nights before then just re-watching it over and over. And so, yeah, it's a great episode. It holds a very special place in my heart. And I think the older I get, the more and more I cry when I watch it. Oh, God, or even just, like, okay. Think about it. It's like it is very, very touching and sad and just such a beautiful okay. story. It tells a very deep and emotional story about the love that a father has for his daughter and also just about the true meaning of Christmas, a.k.a. the miracles of Christmas. So without further ado, and hopefully with tissues nearby, I know, just prepare myself, deep breaths out, prepare yourself. Okay. Hopefully my retelling isn't super sad. Obviously we're going to joke around a lot during it, but when you rewatch it, Grace, I won't be cool. I guarantee it won't be okay. to you that yeah, <laughs> there will be some at least like tearing up. Great. Maybe not like full out crying, but yes, great. You're welcome, everyone, for making <laughs> you do this and Merry go through Christmas. this. 
Uh, this is payback for me having to watch it like two or three times to write this script <laughs> and just sitting here in my apartment like, oh my God, what is the meaning of Christmas after all? <laughs> the true meaning of Christmas. Oh God, Christmas. okay. It's so beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, I actually don't really remember this episode at all. Like, yeah, in your mm. Thanksgiving Harold episode, you like mentioned, you're like, yeah, the Korean War. And I was like, what? Yeah. Which was a uh, mis uh not a mistake, I guess, but uh I misspoke when I said the Korean War. It actually Ron wasn't War. the Korean War, but uh the Vietnam War. Oh which no. We'll get to. I know, which is actually worse. Actually, I don't yeah. know if that's yeah, I think well, it is worse, actually. I feel like um, worse all in bad, the sense but... of like um uh I don't know, the that it aired on TV for the first time and the nation's like unrest about it versus I feel like I don't know the U.S. really did a better job of sweeping under the rug the Korean War like I forget yeah. about the Korean War most of the time yeah the U.S. is like right. no 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 the what no 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 the no the no, Korean no, no, War no. no that was fine we but also because like we lost the Vietnam War I mean well I'm not here it's to complicated. Get or get into the history of anything but like we lost that war so yeah you know, yeah. Anyway, and it was during a time of a lot of unrest, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, so I feel like it the, was the Cold War. It was like the beginning of the yeah. Cold War, or not the. It was one of the heights of the Cold War. Yeah, and like was, the countrywide like shared trauma, I think was yes. higher. Maybe not to obviously yes. downplay the trauma of the Korean War. Right. We yes. knew less of what we as a country and what our soldiers were getting into in the Vietnam yes. War, I think, maybe, than the Korean War. So, yeah. eh. look, all wars are bad, essentially. Exactly. War, is, war is always a racket. So, Which anyways, is a great time to talk about it at Christmas. At Christmas time. Yay. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Christmas wars. So, <laughs> the, the great Back Christmas wars. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Okay. Oh, I'm so scared. Okay. Okay. So yes, the real, the realest crime we've ever covered. Truly, I mean, yeah, this Vietnam is. War. I mean, the the big crime of this episode are war crimes. So. <laughs> great. So. Yes, but before we get to our discussion of the war, it is the episode <laughs> starts out. It's a very snowy day in the city. Again, okay, and so look, I covered Hey Arnold in my Thanksgiving arc. You if you're new to this it. podcast, go back to our do we have a Hey Arnold playlist? I don't think so, but go back to our yeah. Thanksgiving playlist, find it, or just go back a few episodes to Arnold's Thanks, the yep. episode where I did that. I don't remember what it is called, but it was yeah. literally like two or three episodes ago. Three yeah. three episodes ago. Go find it. Hey Arnold, show from Nickelodeon. Kid lives in a big city at a boarding house with his grandparents and goes to school with a bunch of uh, eclectic characters. And he's just like <laughs> king of the town, essentially. Smart, wise yep. kid, lovable kid, whatever. <laughs> so it's a, it's a snowy... I love the show, but that's all you're going to get from me for now. Which is also funny because, like, so far the context we've given them is, like, Vietnam War and, like, child. So you're, like, this, this show takes place Where's in the 90s, going? which is important to note. Like, this child's not about to get drafted and spend his first, like, Christmas apart from his family in Vietnam. In Vietnam, fighting in the war. Right, Getting, exactly. like, destroyed by Agent Orange. <laughs> yeah, um, like, this show takes place, like, 
30 years after the Vietnam War. Yes, precisely. Like precisely 30, 20 to 30 years after. Yeah. So it's a snowy day in the city and all of the kids in the neighborhood are enjoying the season. They're, you know, getting ready to leave school, but having snowball fights outside and ice skating in the street. They're all sledding. And it is just truly a joyous, wintry afternoon. And so as the kids are leaving school, uh, one of our main characters, Helga, her and her best friend, Phoebe, they're discussing their excitement for Christmas. And so Phoebe is talking to Helga, stressing the importance of giving and, you know, spending time with your loved ones and doing nice things for others. While Helga, on the other hand, is super focused on getting, yep. particularly <laughs> particularly getting the newest, most chic fashion item that every single girl in town has on their wish list, oh. the Nancy Spumoni snow boots. Mm. So meanwhile, while Helga and Phoebe are talking about this, Gerald, uh, Arnold's best friend, so we've got a few more main characters here, Gerald is telling Arnold that he got all of his family members for the holiday or that he already got his family members all of their gifts for the holiday. And he's running through the list. So Arnold's like, okay, what'd you get your dad? And Gerald's like, a tie. And he says, so what'd you get your brother? A tie. Hi. And then he asks, what did you get your sister, your younger sister, Timberly? You guessed it. <laughs> a tie. A tie. <laughs> you know what? Gerald is also wise. He is very wise. Not just Arnold. You know? No. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. He's but... breaking those gender stereotypes. Exactly. He's doing it early. Hey, it's a big city. Things are different <laughs> there. And this show is very forward thinking. Exactly. So Arnold, though, he reminds Gerald that the true meaning of Christmas is to get something special for the ones that you love and to get them something that has meaning and shows how much you truly care about and appreciate them. So he's like, you can't just get them like any old thing that like lacks meaning or has no symbolism. Like, what's your sister going to do with a tie? So classic Arnold. Yes, Gerald is wise, but Arnold always has to one up him with the wisdom. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I don't know about more wise, but he's at least like more morally centered, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. So Gerald, he hears Arnold out and he decides to return at least his younger sister's tie for something more (laughs) meaningful. And the two part ways for the moment. And so Arnold, he goes back home, a.k.a. to the boarding house, which is called Sunset Arms. And there, all of the residents and his grandparents are in the living room decorating, you know, grandpa, grandpa's like uh, handing out snacks and drinks and stuff. And they are getting ready to draw names for the annual secret Santa exchange Mm. that they do with one another. And I will say, continuing the joke from my Thanksgiving episode. What what Spooky. does Spooky think it is? I was going to ask you that. I was like, does she know it's Christmas? Arnold's grandmother. She like wishes everyone a happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> I thought that was on the 4th of July. She's all mixed up. She's all mixed <laughs> up. But she's straight up dressed. This is pretty bad, but it's very funny. She's straight up dressed like Disney's Pocahontas, like <laughs> like the tunic or whatever, or the I don't know, like the dress, like the skin like the dress, skin yeah. dress, <laughs> her skin dress, and like the gym around her neck. Oh and my everything. god! 
<laughs> wishing everyone a happy Thanksgiving and like playing Iconic. the piano, but still playing Christmas songs. Pookie. <laughs> We love her. We love her. Pookie love is her. the moment for real. Yeah. She <laughs> never, moment. never let them know what your next move is. It's literally <laughs> like Pookie's whole MO. That's her life mission. Yeah. Never let them know. Yeah. She does a good so, job. She does a great job at that. So anyway, all of the residents, they start drawing names <clears throat> and Arnold, he draws and gets Mr. Huynh who is a middle-aged Vietnamese man who recently immigrated to the United States and mostly keeps to himself and seems particularly sad this time of year. And I will say too, so this episode came out in season one. So it is like accurate to say, oh yeah, like we don't know anything about Mr. Nguyen. It's not like the show has been on for years and we're like, why are we just now learning about this guy? Okay. Like as far as the canon of the show goes, he probably did actually just move to America and into Sunset Arms, like right when the show started. So later that evening, Arnold, he meets back up with Gerald They're outside. All the kids are like having a snowball fight again or something playing in the street in the snow. And Arnold is like stressing out about what he should get Mr. Wynn for Christmas since he doesn't know really much about him since he just moved to the country. Mm -hmm. He doesn't understand why he seems so sad this time of year. And also because like Arnold said before, the purpose of gift giving is to give someone something meaningful. So he's like, I don't know what's meaningful to this guy. And he's so sad. I have no clue what will make him happy. You're about to find out why he's so sad. I I didn't know that the story was going to be from uh, the uh, not an American soldier PTSD, but the um, attacked colonized. Exactly. Again, like you said, this show progressive and forward thinking deep, deep. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess actually now is as good a time of ever to say as ever to say that the guy who voices Mr. Huynh is actually a Vietnamese refugee. Whoa. So again, going also, to damn. going back to what we said in our last episode of Hey Arnold, where like they were really good about casting people for this show and making sure yeah. that there was some like cultural understanding or background in the voice actors for one. And two, so I guess a little behind the scenes of the episode. Originally, Nickelodeon was like, yeah, we can't put something about the Vietnam War on a children's <laughs> program. Only 30 years ago. And also, yeah. you're telling it from the perspective of those who of a refugee. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. But eventually, like, the script was so good. And, like, the test episode was so good. Some executive crying. played it for their kid. And the kid, like, loved it. So they're like, damn it, we got to put it on. But just don't. They don't say the Vietnam War by name in the episode. Oh, they just say a war. But you know that Mr. Huynh is Vietnamese. That's a Vietnamese, la- typically Vietnamese last name. And, like, yeah. the way that he explains it, which, again, I'll get to here in a moment. Damn. But, okay. Yeah, so just some backgrounds that, like, we're not alone in being, like, wow, this is heavy shit for Yeah, and also, like, applaud to the writers for, yeah, yes. being, like... Absolute goats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, okay, yeah, again, because I was automatically assuming that this was going to be, like, oh, some U.S. Army veteran is at the boarding house and is, like, yeah. here's what it was like, but, like, Which even would also more be powerful. Dark, but, yeah. Right. Also would be very dark and fucked up, but even more powerful to tell it from um, this perspective, which. Again, yes, precisely. 
Okay. Get get yourself ready. Yeah. I'm so anxious right now. I'm already getting sad. Okay. I know. So, <laughs> so yes, Arnold, he's talking with Gerald saying, I've got to get Mr. Huen something meaningful. And of course, G- Gerald's only suggestion is to get him a tie. He's like, I haven't returned this one yet. <laughs> he's like, if you want it, it may be a little small because it was for my little sister. <laughs> but <child>. it's something. <laughs> it's something but yeah kind of like we are Arnold rolls his eyes and brushes that off like yeah no I'm not gonna get him a tie so Gerald says well look if you're so concerned with figuring out what's meaningful to him then why don't you just go and talk with him and learn more about him to try to figure out what sort of gift would brighten up his spirit this holiday season so yes Gerald again coming in with the wisdom Arnold's like that's a good idea I'll go just talk to him so meanwhile, Helga, who, as we've mentioned in previous episodes, she's literally obsessed with Arnold. She bullies <laughs> him, but to hide her love for him, mm-hmm. she overhears this conversation from, you know, she's probably like standing behind a tree nearby or something <laughs> like as snowman. she tends to creepily. <laughs> ah! Just peeking around it. Oh, she, like, I thought even she snowman. was the snowman. <laughs> yeah. Now I mean that, yes. Yes, that's what you said. That's She's what I heard. Phoebe, <laughs> give me a carrot nose. <laughs> it's a little cold, but it's worth overhearing Arnold's conversation. love. Yes. Arnold, isn't this so cute that I'm doing this? <laughs> My love for Arnold keeps me warm, even in the snow. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, she overhears this conversation and decides that, like, okay, I've got to also get Arnold the perfect gift this Christmas, something meaningful, something memorable, something special, so that when I give it to him, I have no choice but to tell him, like, how much I love him, and then he'll Uh love me back. This is her whole plan. She's like, I can do this. I'm finally going to do it. And so she starts looking all over town for the perfect gift for him going into all sorts of storage. I think she wants to get him like a train set, but then sees that it's like more geared towards children. She wants to get him like a skateboard, but she runs into another classmate who says that Arnold already has the exact same one. (laughs) And like, you know, she finds all these new toys and games, but they're like, ah, just gaudy and overrated and nothing meaningful. So she continues on her quest, but we'll go back to the boarding house where Arnold, he's gone back home and he decides to go and visit Mr. Wynn to try to understand what he's into, get a vibe, all that. Like, what what might this guy need or want for Christmas? Mm-hmm. And so he's trying to, like, cleverly uh, lay hints or, like, get some hints out of small talk. Like, so, you know, Mr. Getting... Wynn, do you like to skateboard? Look at this skateboard. <laughs> Look at this game. Do you like video games? Like, want to play <laughs> video games or something? No, you need a console, anything? No. <laughs> no, but he is saying things like, um, you know, it's it's so cold this time of year, right? You probably use a new sweater or something. And Mr. <laughs> Wynn, like, opens a closet, like, no, 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 I have plenty of those. I don't, I don't need any sweaters and So Arnold really just has trouble trying to like read this guy. The only thing that he can read is that Mr. Wynn is very sad. And so Mr. Wynn admits to Arnold that the holidays always make him a bit sad, primarily because he's alone and has not seen his daughter, May or Mai, I think Mai, in almost 20 years. So 
Yeah. After. <laughs> cool. <laughs> cool. Cool. Good setup. Cool, Nickelodeon. Awesome. Sweet. Cool. Cool. So that's so, a no on the skateboard. Yeah. Brown was like, so you don't like video games. <laughs> so this N64 Donkey Kong game is yeah. a no? Is a no. Banjo-Kazooie? Cool. <laughs> I can keep it. Pokemon Trainer? No? Oh, uh, you're good. You're good. You it, promise? Game Boy? Cool. No? Perfect. <laughs> so... Arnold asks about her, like, do you want to, you know, you want to talk about it or anything if it's not too sad or whatever, even though we obviously know it will be. And Mr. Wynn then tells the story about the last time he saw his daughter. Oh, no. During the fall of Saigon at the end of the Vietnam War. Oh, my God. Arnold's sitting there taking notes like, okay, he likes to travel. (laughs) (laughs) Loves the city. Cool, 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 cool. So new suitcase. Keep, keep going, keep going. Suitcase, passport holder, anything. <laughs> yeah. Should I invent ancestry.com so we can find your daughter find somehow? Her. Dot dot dot. Put a pin in that. And so <clears throat> it goes into flashback mode. And oh my shows- god! <laughs> Nickelodeon. God damn it, Nickelodeon. And yes, it shows a bit of a montage of him. And again, like I said, he never actually says Vietnam War. He never says the fall of Saigon. But with an understanding of history, it's like, okay, this this is clearly what they're getting at. And so it shows a montage of Mr. Huynh living in what we can assume is South Vietnam, a.k.a. the Republic of Vietnam, before and during the war. So we'll pause right there and let's just very, very briefly talk about the Vietnam War <laughs> and the context behind this episode and how good Damn. and also freaking ridiculous the writers of this show, ridiculous in the best possible way, That's the writers of this show it. are for exactly for going this, going for it and for putting this background story in the episode and thus like in Mr. Wynn's overall life story absolutely ridiculous that they did this again in the best possible way and yeah go ahead it does make me wonder of like yeah you know like the show coming out in the 90s like i wonder if some of the writers like probably could have been of age to be like drafted oh for sure yeah that kind of episode came out in 96 and the fall of saigon was 1975 so yeah i mean that was only 21 years after the war ended so if not, I mean, like There's their parents, their uncles, their, you know, dads, yeah. neighbors, like they all easily knew someone yeah, who was I feel totally, like, yeah, involved. Because I feel like we're like kind of one step removed from it a little bit, just mm-hmm. like due to our age type of thing. But yeah, like our parents, their parents could have been, yeah, their yeah. family members, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah. it's just an interesting, like uh, additional aspect of I'm sure some people on the show had connections to it too. Absolutely. As I mean, the guy who voices Mr. Wen him, right. himself, like again, Vietnamese a refugee. I don't know. So I'm not really, I don't remember his name and I don't know like how old he was, but I assume that he was a refugee because of this conflict. Yeah. Um, some of yeah, my conflict. friends, their parents, con- conflict. <laughs> um, some of my friends growing up, like their parents came here because when they were very young really to displaced. escape the conflict, like, 
it's yeah, it's crazy again that they included this in this episode. Yeah. Nickelodeon obviously had some pause about it, but eventually they're like, okay, fine. Like it's tasteful enough. Yeah, yeah. This is important. And like, you've done a good job of like sneaking in this historical, right. you know, the U S army won't sp- sue us. Plot. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. So, and with that, another disclaimer, remember listeners and viewers that this is a cartoon comedy crime podcast, yep. not a war and or history podcast, which I feel like we say a lot because we but somehow cover emphasis. wars and conflicts a lot. We do. <laughs> yes, it does need emphasis. We're not experts on this stuff. And even though I have a lot of opinions and beliefs about it, I'm going to just keep those to the side and keep them out of this podcast and just do very, very, very broad brushstrokes of the history of what was going on. And yeah, just focusing more on the holiday spirit and Hey Arnold, this fantastic episode of Hey Arnold, rather than talking about my real thoughts and beliefs so on with this that, the fall of Saigon <laughs> so with that yes, also known the Vietnam War, also known as the <laughs> Second Indochina War since the war spread to both Laos and Cambodia many thoughts, but again stay the course focus, Alexis focus, focus. Focus. cartoon, cartoon and, yes. and in Vietnam, the war is actually commonly known as the resistance war against America slash the resistance war against America to save the nation slash the American war so already from the jump we see very dis- disparate perspectives of how this war was waged and went down depending on what country you're from Yep. So uh, the conflict, like I said, was between Vietnam, Laos, or in Vietnam, Laos and Cambodia from November 1st, 1955 until the fall of Saigon on April 30th, 1975. So a whole 20 year conflict. And while the war was essentially fought between North Vietnam and South Vietnam, it was really a Cold War era proxy war between communist countries like China and the Soviet Union who were supporting North Vietnam and anti-communist countries like the United States and Australia and South Korea and I think like Thailand and a few others mm-hmm. who were supporting South Vietnam. And so the war ended with victory for North Vietnam in the Viet Cong which essentially the Viet Cong was the communist political faction that existed in South Vietnam. So in the anti-communist half of the country, there was still Mm -hmm. this communist party, the Viet Cong. And so they in North North Vietnam won. And unfortunately, an estimated 1.3 to 3.5 million people, civilian and military, died between, you know, all the Indo-Chinese countries, so Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos, and like the United States military, the, mm-hmm. you know, Chinese military, all of the people who were fighting. So a huge civilian and military death toll. Um, and so just before the fall of Saigon, a.k.a. the final victory or like nail in the coffin for mm-hmm. North Vietnam, or I guess for the for the anti-communist allies or whatever, and North Vietnam's victory right before that. The U.S., like, once we realize, like, okay, this isn't going to end well for us. We need to, like, start hightailing it the F out of here and getting Mm -hmm. our people home and getting any of our allies back home and, like, saving any Vietnamese refugees who don't want to be under communist rule. Again, we're not going to get into the weeds of that, but whatever. (laughs) 
The U.S. initiated a number of evacuation efforts for almost all American civilian and military personnel in Saigon, along with tens of thousands of South Vietnamese civilians who had been associated with the Republic of Vietnam. So that was the government, the governing force in South Vietnam, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. the U.S.'s allies. Mm -hmm. One such effort was called Operation Baby Lift, where more than 3,000 infants and children from South Vietnam were airlifted by helicopters and planes and taken to other Western countries, such as the United States and France and Canada and West Germany. Again, this was before the fall of the Berlin Wall, so Germany was still divided, and Australia. And there are a lot of stories and accounts of parents actually begging military personnel to take their children onto the Mm. planes and helicopters before the the city fell. And many of these children, if not most or even like almost all of them, were adopted out to families in the various countries that they went to. Yeah. So... In the fictional world of Hey Arnold, that's all we're going to talk about for the Vietnam War. Oh my that's God! It. One, I don't want to get too into it because that's sad enough. And it, again, it's a it's a Ooh. crazy conflict and story in history. But yeah, all of that is ridiculously relevant to this plot. So thanks, writers, for like okay. setting that I've as never, the background. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that that uh, operation existed. It does make a Me lot neither. of sense in like yeah. context of you know hearing a lot about yeah like. Uh, adoptees mm-hmm. kind of the West and that kind of stuff but um, mm-hmm. hmm, I wonder where this plot is going mm-hmm. the last time he I saw wonder. his daughter yes and so precisely in the fictional world of hey Arnold one of those parents who begged military personnel to take their child was Mr. Wynn and the this? infant we do We see this all in the flashback. We see him, you know, I guess I'll just like recap the flashback very briefly. Um, It starts with him, you know, they're living in South Vietnam, kind of in this rural area. And his little daughter, Mai, Mai, is just like walking around, learning how to walk. And all the villagers are like clapping and like playing with her and love her. And Mr. Nguyen is clearly very close to her and a very good protective father. And then he's like, but then conflict overtook our country and things got dangerous. And you see like the clouds turn dark and you just see soldiers start like marching in the background. And um, then you see like war literally going on in the background and a whole like crowd of people trying to escape. And they're surrounding this military helicopter. And at the end, you know, it shows this like, the guy operating the helicopter is like, we can only take kids. We can only take kids. So Mr. Wynn like lifts my up over his oh head in God. the crowd and the military guy like points, like bring her on. And he just like walks her up to the military guy and she takes him and or he takes her and then like shuts the door and then flies off. And oh like, you just see Mr. God. Wynn start crying. Yeah. Well, this I'm crowd about is going, to cry. I was, oh. yeah, I'm like trying not Why to Why did cry. I ask just for the saying, details? On that Why? Scene. Why? That so Why? <laughs> Great. Okay. It's so sad. Yeah. And so, yes, when Mr. Wynn saw that there was no room for anyone but infants on this evacuation helicopter, he made the terribly difficult decision of giving his infant daughter, Mai, to the military to protect her from the dangers and the volatile situation that the war had brought upon his home country. And so the military 
personnel or the helicopter operator or whatever told Mr. Nguyen, though, or someone in the military told Mr. Nguyen that they were going to take his daughter to a city in the United States called Hillwood, which apparently is the name of Arnold City in the show, oh. by the way. Yeah. I Hillwood. thought it was an unnamed unknown. So did I. But yeah, yep. according to like one of the wiki pages, yeah, they say Hillwood specifically somewhere in this episode. So yeah. it's like, cool. Also, now we know. Arnold has his list and he had written toy helicopter question mark and he's slowly crossing Crosses it out. that out. He's like, like G.I. Joe doll? Crosses cross that off. Yeah, yeah, just like his own Christmas list that he was asking Mr. Wood if he wanted any of that. And yeah, now he's slowly crossing. <laughs> He's like, okay, off. this is this is making it harder for me, Mr. Wynn. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> not not narrowing it down. Yes. So after many years, I think I'm pretty sure Mr. Wynn says after 20 years of trying to leave Vietnam and uh. come to America, he finally made his way to Hillwood so that he could reunite with his daughter. But unfortunately, he's not yet had any luck. So Mr. Wynn then tells Arnold that even though he hasn't found her yet, he'll never stop searching, he'll never stop trying, and that he would do and give anything to see her again and to see her healthy and happy. And at this moment, Great. Arnold realizes, God damn, why did I ask him? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, can I switch with someone else? <laughs> hey, hey, Pookie, who'd Grand- you get? Granddad. You can probably find Mr. Wynn's daughter, right? I, I'm just a fourth grader. I can't do all this. I, I just barely learned what this war was. I'm in fourth grade. Yeah. I just learned from Mr. Wynn that there <laughs> was a war. war. <laughs> right, exactly. Yes. So at this moment, though, no. Arnold being the moral compass of the show, the wise fourth grader, the big-hearted, kind-hearted little kid that he is, he realizes that the perfect gift for Mr. Wynn, the only thing that he can get him this Christmas, is to reunite him with his long-lost daughter, to find her and bring them back together. So a little bit later, Arnold, he meets back up with Gerald and he talks his plan over with him, who is immediately like, boy, that is crazy. There is no way. That is impossible. It is the day before Christmas. Then there are quite literally millions of people living in this city. <laughs> Again, no Ancestry.com. Yes, to do at a the quick time. Ref- reference yes. on. DNA testing wasn't even as advanced. Yes, exactly. I mean, this was almost 30 years ago, 27 years ago. This a whole different day and age. So Gerald then tells Arnold that it would literally take a miracle to find May or my. I think it's my. I gotta get that right. Perhaps a Christmas miracle. (laughs) Perhaps. Mm, Perhaps. Yes. Yes. Indeed. And Arnold responds, what better time for a miracle than Christmas? He's right. Isn't that what Christmas is really about? And Gerald's like, yeah, I mean, literally what you just said, like, you're right. So (laughs) the two of them, they go on a quest to locate Mai and reunite her with her father. And so they're walking through town to the place where Arnold's research suggests will help them in their mission. Okay, yeah, I was like, what is the plan? Are they door knocking? 
Wait. No, no, no. Honestly, even worse, they go to a federal government office. <laughs> the day before Christmas? That shit's not open. The day before Christmas. I know. It's not even open the week before Christmas. Let's be real. So, <laughs> alas, the naive boy goes to what is called the Federal Office of Information. <laughs> the FLI. Classic alphabet <laughs> boys. Amazing. <laughs> but also, hilariously... There is, and apparently this is like a big joke on the internet too, but there's an inscription over the door of this building that is in Latin and says, Cave Quivi Sumus, which literally translates to beware whoever we are. <laughs> <laughs> like if you Google that phrase, it'll bring up a bunch of Hey Arnold related shit. Damn. <laughs> it's hilarious. That is but, these freaking writers amazing amazing but apparently so cave quivi estes rather than sumus cave quivi estes translates to beware whoever you are so it's possible that this was a latin translation error but i actually think it works kind of better with i think sumus because they're like we don't know which office this is supposed to be but like be afraid of us no matter what (laughs) and also like again we won't rabbit hole but like tying this episode into the U.S.'s role in Vietnam, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Beware. Pretty good uh, <laughs> Latin phrase. Pretty good commentary. Yes, it is. It is. It's like, I think we can see where these writers stand. Yeah. On, <laughs> their political generally on the are. political spectrum, generally yeah, speaking. For sure. So anyways, Arnold and Gerald, they go into this building and they start to look around for someone who may be able to point them in the right direction of finding this missing person, this lost person. But it would appear, as you kind of said already, Grace, that all the workers are already gone for the day, whether it be because they're already at home or because they're just already getting toasted at the holiday party (laughs) in the break room. Good for them. Good for them indeed, which they deserve it, kind of. They kind of work hard, which, (laughs) by the way, Arnold and Gerald, like, they walk by this holiday party that's going on, and they peek in, and you just see, like, a bunch of drunk adults with, like, trash cans on their heads and, like, being boisterous and, like, cheersing and, like, toasting to the holiday. It's it's pretty pretty hilarious, actually. Again, the writers love them. So after roaming the hallways a little bit more, the boys come across the office of a man named Mr. Bailey, who is a department supervisor in the building. And he is still hard at work. Like his doors cracked open and the lights are on while every other light down the hallway is off. And he's in there pushing paper, crunching numbers. He's just got like a bunch of paper feeding out of the printer. And he's just like typing away on his computer while of course, all of his employees party it up down the hallway. Mm-hmm. And so the boys, they gently kind of like go into his office and they ask for some help. So which he initially is like, who are you? Who let you, in, you here? Get in here? You're not allowed to be in yeah, here. Exactly. You That's should be in this home. whole time. I'm like, yeah, this is a federal walking. building? This is pre-9-11. Touche. Good point. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Okay. And yeah. I'm trying to remember when the Oklahoma bombing was too. Was that in the early nineties? I, I don't remember, but yeah, yeah security was a whole different lax. thing back then. Yes. It was very lax. Like, yeah. So yeah, he's telling them like, you guys got to go home, you know, stop by the office party on your way out and get some eggnog. <laughs> like bro, they're fourth graders. Hold don't up. Don't send kids into that. 
<laughs> no, 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 no. But Arnold, he tries to explain the situation to Mr. Bailey, telling them who they're looking for and why. But Mr. Bailey, he's not having it. And as a fe- former federal government employee, I can you get tell it. you, he's, I get it, right? He's <laughs> overworked. And yet it's Christmas Eve. The last thing he wants is another difficult and tedious assignment landing on his desk after 3 yep. p.m. Again, an assignment on from Christmas fourth Eve. Graders. From fourth graders. Yeah. Who, again, Rangers. I don't even think they've introduced themselves. So like, he doesn't even, he doesn't know their names. He doesn't know who the frick yeah. they are. Like, how did you get in here? <laughs> who are you? Why? Also, there's like. There's like classified sensitive information on this desk. Please get out, boys. Yeah. (laughs) So he tells the boys how impossible it would be to locate this missing person on Christmas Eve. And then he again just like shoes them out of his office. But before Arnold and Gerald get a chance to leave, they hear Mr. Bailey take a phone call from his wife. And he tells her that, you know, he hasn't done the shopping yet because he's been so busy working. He's buried in work. And his wife, we can assume, yells at him over the phone. And he just, like, calmly promises her that, like, don't worry, I'll get it done. I'll get the gift somehow. And he's like, all right, I love you too, honey. I'll see you at home soon. And Arnold, he hears this and his ears perk up. He's like, oh, shit, I have an idea. Uh-oh. So soon as so soon quid pro yes, quo happening, quid pro quo going on. <laughs> so as soon as Mr. Bailey hangs up the phone, Arnold runs back up to him and tells him that if he and Gerald can do all of his, all of Mr. Bailey's Christmas shopping for him, i.e. like you give us your list and the money, then in return, Mr. Bailey can stay at work for a bit longer and help find my and imagine first, imagine accepting yeah. this deal. You are a grown ass <laughs> adult and two <laughs> random children with no parental supervision come in and say, look, we have an impossible task because it's the 90s. Yes. Give us your money and yeah, we promise we'll, get your stuff. we'll yeah. come back with your stuff. Like, yes, I would be like, where are your parents? Where are your parents? Get and security. Go. You are not taking my credit card. No. What is your name? Okay. Who are you kids? Yeah. Imagine. So Mr. Bailey is on your page, right? At first he is the correct option, quite frankly, as an adult. Like I know it's a cute children's show and you're watching it like, oh, come on, Mr. Bailey, be nice. But like, no, as a full grown adult, (laughs) Mr. Bailey has the correct initial response. (laughs) He's like, you expect me to give you like $300 cash, which by the way, holy hell, inflation is a bitch. $300 yeah. cash to buy a bunch of gifts. That's All like your two gifts for my family. <laughs> oh, it's like $300. And yeah, they get yeah. a lot of shit. This is a long <laughs> list. Anyways, so he's like, you want me to give you $300 cash? And then just like let you go and, you know, have my list and all that. Mm-hmm. But Arnold assures him. He's like, dude, he didn't say dude. He's like, sir. He puts on his parade, but dude, you could trust me. <laughs> this is why we wouldn't have gotten the money. I know, because we would have said, dude. Yeah. Dude, come on. Dude, come on, man. Come on, man. Just like, come on. Come on, dude. man. So, <laughs> but no, Arnold's like, you can trust me, sir. I promise I have nothing to lose. And, you know, you have no other way to get your gifts in time. And I would literally do anything to reunite Mr. Wynn with his daughter. And Gerald kind of like vouches for him. I mean, not that that really helps. Like, again, who the fuck are you? (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> what are your credentials? <laughs> what kind of reference okay. are you here? <laughs> but really, I mean, we know Arnold. He's a good kid. He's not going to like steal this guy's money. So stuck between a rock and a hard place, or in his case, like a computer and a printer, Mr. <laughs> Bailey accepts the offer and tells the boys that they have to get every single item on that list and be back before 6 p.m. or else the deal is off. Arnold shakes on it, and he and Gerald run off to complete Mr. Bailey's shopping for him. So... Now, cue a beautiful holiday montage. montage. Exactly. But it's not playing like Christmas music. It's playing like almost like rushed panic music. Like they're running (laughs) all over town, but they're like smiling, having a good time. They're going from store to store, mall to mall, getting every item on this list and even having some of them wrapped by the department store. Like they're going all out. They're doing a good job. You know, after several stops. They sit down, Gerald and Arnold, on a bench at the mall, and they kind of like take a break and, you know, reevaluate the list. Like, okay, how are we doing? How much time do we have? And it actually turns out that they've gotten all but one item checked off the list at this point. The last item is my long lost daughter from Vietnam. (laughs) It's a different (laughs) one. They wrote it in there. (laughs) Now you find it. (laughs) Yes. See? Haha, tables have turned. You find her. Yeah. But no, unfortunately, the last item on the list is something that is equally as difficult, if not more difficult to find this late in the holiday shopping season, a pair of official Nancy Spumoni snow boots. So feeling on top of the world at how far they've come and obviously not having any awareness about like what the other girls in their class wanted for Christmas and like not realizing how popular these boots are and how like trendy and in they are. Uh Arnold and Gerald are like, Oh hell yeah. Like we've got this in the The bag. We just need to go grab this pair of boots real quick. And then we are done. Like we are finally going to like reunite Mr. Ruin with his daughter. This is going to be the best Christmas ever. And so as they're walking through the mall to leave and find the boots, they actually run into Helga, who, as I mentioned before, is on her separate quest to find the perfect gift for Arnold. And they have a brief conversation with her. Like she's, you know, showing them this video game. Like, yeah, I'm thinking about getting this video game for a friend of mine. Like, what do you think? Like secretly trying to like vet Arnold. Like, does he like it? Does he like (laughs) it? But Gerald's like, "Eh, it seems like something that's like expensive and meaningless and not really personal to whoever's getting it. But like, whatever. Damn. (laughs) And then jam. And so Arnold's like, yeah, anyway, bye Helga. Like we're in a rush. Gotta go. (laughs) Also, that's a lot to say, Gerald, for who only got ties for his family. I know. Hey, you know, he learned from Arnold. He's like, I'm in the Christmas spirit now. We're doing all this shit for other people. I'm a whole, I'm a changed man. (laughs) I'm a changed fourth grader. Mm -hmm. Good. Great. So after they leave, after the boys leave, Helga's like pretty pissed off. And so she like throws the game to the side, like, God damn it. Okay. So I can't get him that either. But she looks down and notices that Arnold's shopping list, AKA Mr. Bailey's shopping list fell out of his pocket. And she picks it up and takes a look at it, noticing that the only thing on the list that hasn't been crossed off are the Nancy Spumoni snow Mm -hmm. boots. And so she's like, huh, that's interesting. 
and being the little creeper she is she like low-key follows them around the city Obviously. for the rest of the day after this but we'll get more more on that in a moment the, rest of the, day. So, the boys meanwhile head over to a department store and they ask for a pair of these boots but they are literally laughed out of the store and told that they can put their names on a wait list to get the boots delivered sometime in like, I don't know, July, oh damn. June, July, you know, typically when one needs snow boots. Yeah. And so the boys, they then run to another store. They're like, okay, well, like they've got to be somewhere else. So we'll just go across the hall and they run to another store. And then unfortunately they have to go to another store and another store and many, many others. And at each and every single one of these stores, they receive the exact same reaction. They're laughed out of there. <clears throat> the retailers are like, are you kidding me? Like, you had Stupid to wait boys. in line like 20 hours to get these like two weeks ago. <laughs> Stupid boys. Black yes. Friday? They were yeah, gone. Have you heard of it? Someone stabbed um, someone during Black Friday. For yeah, Arnold was busy cleaning up like firework ornaments <laughs> from Pookie, setting them off the roof on Thanksgiving. Yeah, he missed the so, rush. So, yes, the boys unfortunately learn after like an hour of running from store to store that there are quite simply no more Nancy Spumoni snow boots left in the mm -hmm. city. And as much as they want to keep searching for these boots, like, well, maybe one other store does have them somewhere. Maybe we can go across town. They remember that they've got to get all this stuff back to Mr. Bailey by 6 p.m. when the office closes and when he's going to leave. And they look at the clock and it's like five till six now, 10 till six. So they're like, well, shit, even if we could go across the city, we have to get this stuff back to him. Like, maybe he'll understand. And, you know, if we got him 98% of everything on the list, Maybe he'll still help us out if we just tell him that there are literally no more snow boots left in the city. Mm -hmm. So they returned to Mr. Bailey's office and they read this man wrong because he is livid. He's like, no, I'm not going to like live up to the deal. I don't care. Like it's off. The deal's off without those snow boots. And the boys try to tell him that they looked in like a hundred different stores, but the snow boots are just completely sold out. And Mr. Bailey, he's not having it. Like his wife told him that those snow boots are the most important gift on the list for his daughter. And Sir, then why did you wait? Exactly. Like I'm sensing some projection here. I <laughs> am sensing you taking out your failures as an individual as on these poor little fourth grade boys. Yes. Uh, as a yep. parent, as a human being in general. And also I'm sensing that he never really wanted to live up to the deal because like, yeah. He's like, okay, oh, this is really just a good excuse not to do it. Like, you didn't get the one these one things on the list. Yeah. Like, well, that's on you, sir, for being also, a bad parent. Yes. If I was Arnold Gerald right now, this is when I would turn and run with the three hundred dollars worth of presents that now I uh -huh. bought, but and all that, of the CCTV yeah, footage showed me buying. Mm -hmm. So he couldn't say you precisely, exactly. Like honestly, in this case, maybe they should have given. Maybe he should have given them their credit card or something because yeah. then he'd be like, no, these kids stole from me. But yeah, no, cash. Give them cash. Idiot. Like, you can't trace that as easily. Yeah. So, and Mr. Bailey, he didn't look like the healthiest guy. He clearly sits at his desk all day. So, like, uh, these kids could easily outrun him. Right yeah. Drop a couple <laughs> presents you don't care about. So he trips over. Yeah, them and, right. Bam. And, like, lighten the load. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, <clears throat> anyway. 
the boys, they leave his office, totally just crestfallen, upset that after all the work they put in, shopping for Mr. Bailey all afternoon was all for nothing. And Arnold, he just like falls into this big depression saying like, I failed. Like I, I couldn't get the job done. I can't believe I wasted all this time. And not only, you know, am I not able to reunite Mr. Wynn with his daughter, but I also spent all this time shopping for Mr. Bailey that I didn't have time to actually get him a backup gift. So now there's like nothing that I can give him. And he's having like a true crisis like he is so sad Gerald is trying to really like brighten him up like dude you did everything you could like you looked high and low for those boots you tried your best to make Mr. Wynn happy you tried harder than anyone else I've ever known to try to bring the meaning the true meaning of Christmas into someone else's life like don't don't be so down on yourself Mm -hmm. and you know reminds him too like that is really what the meaning of Christmas is about. Like, it's what you do, not what you get. So Helga, as I mentioned before, being the creeper that she is, she like followed the boys to this office and she's like hiding behind a tree on the sidewalk (laughs) when they leave. Good. Typical Helga. But she overhears this whole conversation with Arnold and Gerald. And she's able to, like, pick up on the bigger clues coming out of it. Like, okay, Arnold couldn't find these snow boots for some guy named Mr. Bailey who works at some federal office of information. And because of that, he's now not able to get Mr. Wynn a gift for Christmas, which happens to be reuniting with his long-lost daughter. Like, she's able to pick all this up. You see see her, like, holding, like, a microphone or something up to them (laughs) and, like, listening in. Like, huh? Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. Got it. (laughs) Yeah, but no, she's a smart kid. She's able to piece these things together. And so overhearing all of this, Helga starts to put everything into place and then feels a bit of sadness for Arnold, or a bit of sadness for him and his failure, essentially, or what he perceives as a failure. And so she goes back home and she finds her parents, Bob and Miriam, drunkenly singing Christmas carols, while her older sister, a.k.a. their oldest daughter, Olga, plays the piano. And they're just all merry and having it a good like time. It seems like a happy drunk, so okay. It does. It is. This is good. Yeah, this is like the one time that her family actually seems to like kind of care about her and be like in good spirits. They learn Because they're drunk and Olga's home. Exactly. They're like, okay, we Four won't do that ago. again. <laughs> yes. We won't go through all that again. And so... Seeing that her daughter is obviously sad and down in the dumps because, you know, Helga's just like all moody and gloomy sitting on the sofa. And then also because Miriam is like at least a little tipsy at this point from eggnog. She gives Helga one of her gifts and lets her open it early to cheer her up. Helga, she's very excited. And so she like rips the gift open and is shocked and thrilled to see that her mom she sobered up, or maybe she didn't. She probably took a flask with her, but she waited <laughs> 18 plus hours in line to get her you none could... other than a pair of Nancy Spumoni snow boots. You can yeah. only do that drunk. Oh, I know exactly. This, this is knows. why she was able she to wait. DP, exactly. DP had a flask with her, two yeah. flasks, honestly. That's why she was first in line, baby. And a diaper. She <laughs> <laughs> She knew. <laughs> she was just like fueled on alcohol. That's it. That's, yeah, that's, it. How you, that's how you do it. 
So Helga, she is like over the moon, excited, so happy to get these boots. And she immediately puts them on. She like thanks her mom profusely, hugs her, saying that, you know, she wanted these boots more than anything in the world. It's the only thing that she wanted this Christmas. And so she's like, I got to try them on. I got to like break them in a little bit. And so after putting them on, she like runs outside and she's like dancing in the snow, going all crazy and wild, like loving life that she's got Mm -hmm. these awesome new boots. And then as she's dancing, Arnold slash Mr. Bailey's list falls out of her pocket and she steps on it. And she is then smacked in the face with a moment of clarity or a verifiable moral dilemma. This is the real Christmas miracle. This It is. It's Helga right now. And so she stops dancing and she then starts pacing and she's thinking out loud, like, okay, on the one hand, I've got what I wanted for Christmas and I'm happy. And what's more important than that, right? (laughs) But on the other hand, I know that these boots are the only thing that Arnold wants for Christmas. So I could either give them to Arnold, thus depriving myself of this amazing gift I've been wanting for months now, or I could keep them and just like act like nothing ever happened. Like, (laughs) you know, Arnold didn't see me following them. Arnold doesn't know that I have this list and know about this stuff. He'll never know. but she will know inside that Arnold ah. will be sad and depressed on Christmas. So she literally drops to her knees in the snow and starts crying, wondering what the right thing to do is. And she decides to give the shoes to Mr. Bailey in exchange for him contacting Mai and telling her the location of her father. So she rushes to his office and catches him just as she's le- just as he's leaving. And he's, he's like, like, who the fuck are you? I know. He's like, why are all these fourth graders attacking me today? <laughs> what the hell is going on? But she like puts the boots in his face like, here, take these. Come on. We got a job to do. Go oh. turn around and let's go back inside. And he's like, look, kid, it's too late. I need to get home. Like, it's dark out. It's like well past six at this point, probably. No one else is at this office. All the lights are off. But Helga stops him. And she's like, look, Christmas isn't about flashy presents and expensive gifts. It's about showing people that you care. And if you don't turn around and locate that missing girl, that football-headed kid's entire worldview and sense of reality will be, like, shaken to the core. Essentially, Damn. this is what she says. Yeah, she goes in. And then she looks at him like, could you be so cold to not do it for him at least? Cold crimes. Cold, cold crimes. crimes. Here it is, baby. <laughs> it's going to be cold. And so he, like, continues to brush past her like, look, I understand. He's a nice guy and you're trying to be a good friend. But it's Christmas Eve. I got to go. And he like waves down a cab and a cab pulls up right in front of him. But right before he gets into the cab, Helga begs him one more time saying that like, look, either you and me work together all night to try and find a certain lost daughter or you leave now and Arnold will never believe in miracles again. Damn. And so at this, Mr. Bailey 
his eyes twinkle a bit and he like turns around from Helga so as to not face her and like stands on the sidewalk, letting the cab go by. Yeah, and the cab like, driver's trying to like, fight back tears just as I am. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I can't look at this little girl. I start crying. <laughs> yeah. The driver's like, like really? excuse me, sir. I have money to make. Bye. If you're not going to yeah. get in. The cab yeah. driver's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, not dealing with it. And so <clears throat> the next morning, Christmas yeah, morning. Arnold and Suns and the Sunset Arms residents are getting started on their secret Santa gift exchange. And Arnold, he's still really, really down in the dumps. Like he's super sad. In fact, um, the night before you see him, it shows like a clip of him just laying in bed, like unable to fall asleep, just staring mm-hmm. at the stars through his like sky roof, his uh, roof or whatever. You know, he's got the glass roof in his uh, bedroom, yeah. and he's like having not like visions, but just thinking about essentially the Vietnam War and like, you know, trying to put like images to what Mr. Nguyen was explaining the volatile situation as like when he gave up his daughter and all this stuff and just the chaos and he just can't fall asleep. Like he's clearly very shaken and disturbed by all of this. And so Gerald, who is clearly a very good friend, he stops by on Christmas Day, I guess he's finished opening gifts with his family. Mm. He stops by to check on Arnold after the state of depression that he fell into last yep. night. And he's like, you know, trying to comfort him and be like, dude, you know, remember, you did your best. You did all you could, Arnold. You're you're not a bad kid. You're the best of all of us. And so after all of the residents open their gifts, they realize that there is no gift for Mr. Wynn. Because like I said, Arnold spent all of his time trying to find May and or my and didn't have time to actually find a gift like a backup gift in case mm-hmm. that kind of fell through so <clears throat> when mr Wynn realizes that he doesn't have a gift <clears throat> arnold like goes up to him and apologizes like mr Wynn, i'm so sorry like i tried so hard to get you something but and then he's cut off I don't by the doorbell ringing okay Okay, great. And Mr. Wynn, he turns around and stands back by the fireplace, just kind of staring into the fire as it's burning. And Grandpa Phil goes to answer the door while Gerald continues to console Arnold. And only moments later, Grandpa Phil returns to the living room with a guest, a guest that whispers her name across the room, shocking Mr. Wynn and forcing him to turn around. Oh, no, in the and best way. his utter surprise, yes. And to his utter surprise, he is then standing face to face with his long lost daughter, Mai. Mm-hmm. And he runs and hugs her and holds her. And they both immediately start crying, as do all of the other really? residents and me when I as watch they, the viewers. <laughs> and the viewers. <laughs> and it's just like, I can't believe it's you. Oh, my God, you're actually here. And he immediately introduces her to all of the residents and they just start catching up. They're like speaking in Vietnamese. They're just like laughing and hugging each other. And Arnold is just standing behind him, just shocked. Like, what? I can't, I can't believe Mr. Bailey actually did it. Like, I can't believe he actually decided to find her. And then he looks at Gerald like, how, how did this happen? How could this happen? And Gerald, he just looks at Arnold and says, dude, don't try to make sense out of it. It's a Christmas miracle. Ultimately, Arnold, you just must have a Christmas angel looking out for you. 
someone's definitely looking then, at him. Someone at him. Yes, actually, <laughs> because then we pan out of Sunset Arms <laughs> and we see Helga Pataki on the sidewalk, looking through the window, looking at this beautiful reunion and seeing Arnold happy. And she As whispers to herself. Yeah. <laughs> and she whispers to herself, Merry Christmas, Arnold. Uh. And that is the end of the episode. Oh my God. The end. Yeah. Wow. Incredible retelling. Thank you. Thank you. I'm surprised I made it through without tears. If yeah, I no, talk I it through, up. it's easy. If I talk about it, it's easy. Although, yeah, now I am kind of welling up, but yeah. it's easy talking about it. But watching it and typing it out, oh man. Man, yeah, if this was I, like handwritten on paper, I wouldn't be able to read it because there'd just be like <laughs> water spots everywhere. Yeah, yeah I'm like, <laughs> got to really prep myself for actually watching this yeah you do you do excited when i was younger i was like oh yeah i used to just cry at the end when they're reunited and then when i was watching it for this i was like oh wow i'm crying throughout the entire episode yeah when you did (laughs) like like, the flashback exactly well enough i was like Oh god! As soon as the flashback starts from like there on, and that's like five minutes into the episode, so oh my god, it's like a, it's like a twenty-two minute episode. So like for fifteen minutes, you're just like crying right. straight through, like Hi, this is a Christmas miracle. Yeah. Wow. So, anyways, beautiful. thank you. Yes, I absolutely love this episode. Like I said, it's. In my opinion, it's the best episode of Hey Arnold. And apparently a lot of other people on the internet agree. It's like constantly rated as like one of the best episodes, if not the best. One of the best things to ever air on Nickelodeon. One of the best Christmas episodes of any show ever. And I I agree because those are some topics and subjects and themes and just like writing in general that you do not typically see in children's shows. So for them to have something that is clearly about like what makes Christmas Christmas while also like sneaking in that historical context and like teaching little millennial children about yeah, so the Vietnam War. Like why we are the way we amazing, are. Amazing, truly. And something that I never really thought about until I was writing this after all the years of seeing this episode, again, clearly targeted for like fourth graders or like, you yeah. know, young kids, third graders, second, little kids. It has nothing to do with Santa Claus. It, yeah, like it's an episode where like the writers are telling you like no like you get gifts for each other like it's not about being good so that Santa gets you a gift yeah. or anything. it's not like it's not perpetuating the story of oh yeah Santa Claus is Santa. real or anything it's so grown up like yeah. it's such a grown up concept and story where he has nothing to do with it like you hardly even see people putting up Christmas trees or whatever it really yeah. is just about the real meaning of Christmas is like doing meaningful things for other people and yeah. showing them how much you really care. So beautiful, yeah, beautiful. That I Damn. mean, hey, I'm just the messenger. The writers of <laughs> Hey Arnold, they they did all the legwork. And yeah, yeah if, if if anyone listening or watching has never watched this episode, I guarantee you, even like no matter what age you are, I think it's like fully it's appropriate to watch, and it'll resonate with you. Yeah, as a very very solid christmas special so that's all i've got on that before i start tearing up more and thinking more about (laughs) the meaning behind this episode i'm so glad you did this episode you you definitely talked it up it did not disappoint um again Mm -hmm. i'm uh excited and nervous to watch the episode i gotta be in the right headspace Mm -hmm. uh 
to go watch it. I got to be prepared, have my mm-hmm. schedule cleared for the rest of the afternoon, probably. Have some tissues nearby, maybe exactly. some chocolate or something. Yeah, say some comfort yeah. food nearby yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like, yeah, it starts with like sad tears because the story of their separation is so sad, obviously, but then it ends with happy happy tears. tears. Yeah. Yeah. So eh, for what it's worth. Yeah. Anyways. So I think that you said this episode's coming out on the 23rd, right? So I think that's just a perfect place. Exactly. Or a perfect way for all y'all to like get ready for the holidays. Remember what the next few days are truly about in the... Uh, in the wise words of Arnold from Hey Arnold. Yeah. So, yeah. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. But we do have one more cold crime episode that we we're going to do because there is one more Saturday in the month of December. Yep. And so that'll be Grace's episode next week, which I cannot it wait for. Be. But until then, who should they tell about this podcast? Well, I think with Christmas right around the corner, um, whether you celebrate it or not, uh, just tell whoever you are spending December 25th with. If that's yeah. you're going out to a restaurant because you don't celebrate Christmas, but want to treat yourself mm-hmm. something nice, tell your waiter there, waiter or waitress. If you're with your family or chosen family, tell them. If you're like, I don't want to freaking talk to anyone that day, tell yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, just tell whoever you're around on Christmas Day itself. Nice. Who else? And let's see. So this is kind of piggybacking off of that and maybe okay. slightly cheating saying it. But when you're out doing whatever you're doing on Christmas Day, if you see someone who's all by themselves, mm. go tell them, chat, chat it up with them, yeah. wish them, you know, happy holidays, whatever it is, see if they're okay, ask them yes. if they need help with anything, and then tell them to watch <laughs> slash listen. It's a Saturday morning the, mysteries. The truest like, gift of all. Subscribe. Us. Exactly. Us <laughs> in your ear every Saturday for an hour plus. Yes. Yes. Beautiful. <laughs> that, that person Perfect. that person will never feel alone ever again exactly. because they'll then, they'll then have us. <laughs> and you're welcome for that. You're welcome. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Great. So, that's it. Until next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Saturday Morning Mysteries. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, rate, review, leave us a like, and drop a comment. We post episodes every Saturday and bonus tune tangents whenever we feel like it. So please subscribe so you don't miss the shenanigans. And if you want to follow us on YouTube, click the bell under the YouTube subscribe button to receive notifications when new videos are posted. And if you want to subscribe to the podcast, we have no idea what you're listening to us on. So just hit the big subscribe button on whatever app you're using. We we believe in you. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at SatmornMist, all the abreeds. And let us know if you have any episode or show requests by emailing SaturdayMorningMysteries at gmail.com. Thanks to Jenna Kendall for the logo design and to Ava Sakiki for the music used during this week's episode. See y'all groovy kids next week on Saturday Morning Mysteries.